This is exactly right. said no gifts i'm bridger weiniger um i'm i'm glad you're here i'm going to be honest i've done a terrible job uh managing my time today so that's led into you know me not managing other things correctly and my life is just spinning out of control uh you know so hopefully the next hour or so we can veer back into the uh whatever lane you would want to be in that feels correct that will lead my life not to total destruction yeah i feel like you can even even sense right now that i am spiraling so let's just get into the podcast episode because our guest today everybody loves him if you don't love him i don't know what to tell you it's kurt brownoller kurt welcome to i said no gifts. Hi. I'm just going to say right off the top, I noticed you got a haircut. I did. I just got a haircut two days ago. It looks so sharp. Oh, thank you. It's it's uh, it's a it's sometimes I think the first couple of days after you get a haircut, I don't know if it's a part of your aura has been destroyed or something. I don't believe in an aura, but uh, it does feel like I you, you have to re reacclimate yourself to your sense of self right so i don't know who this guy is yet <laughs> he might be a wild card how long was it prior to the haircut it wasn't that much longer it was just okay. the sides were just like roughy and scruffy my wife has been cutting it in our uh for the past year and two months in our driveway and uh i just went to back to my person's home and and she did it for the first time. Well, that's wonderful. So has your wife done a decent job with your haircut? Surprisingly, yes. But it was like she was like following what I'm just I'm going to shout her out. Amy Gamble, Amy, Ga- Amy Gimble, Gamble. It's either Gimble or Gamble. It's she's amazing. If you're in the Los Angeles area, I highly recommend her to cut your hair. Um, she was just following like what Amy had done. And I think after a year and two months, the roadmap had been destroyed. So we were getting into some weird cuts at the end there. Uh, was she just using like a like an electric razor? What was the deal? Yeah, just like a like a, a buzzer, you know, right. like plug in. I this is the one I used to use to shave the dog. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> no scissors. Uh, the tippy top would get some scissors, but all it, it was mostly just shaving around the sides, you right. know. And this is also a question for you, Bridger. Is this the first time that uh, I said no gifts is double ginger? Oh my God! I think it is. Look at that. the The red hair on this podcast currently is out of control. It'll probably be banned from the internet. <laughs> People nobody, can't deal with this. Nobody wants to hear two redheads talk. Also, but I'll, I'm slowly going blonde. I, right? know, I grew up with very bright red hair, and now it's most people think I'm blonde, which is a very sad thing. I think <laughs> your facial hair is a giveaway. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Also, it's a little gray. It's a giveaway that I'm old as well. <laughs> You're just exposing yourself in all of these different ways. <laughs> I feel like my red hair is slowly turning, getting browner. I mean, oh. I, I don't know that it'll ever be a, like a brown, but uh, it's definitely not quite as like fiery as it used to be. Yeah, it's just entropy. It is just it's- our bodies. Wasting just away. Just marching towards the grave. Mm-hmm. Just a nice reminder. Now, let me ask you, you know, there have been reports about gingers like uh, having more sensitivity to pain, that kind of thing. Is that something mm-hmm. is that something you've noticed about yourself? I mean, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you've never been someone else. Right. So you can never I've never had access to how much pain another person <laughs> feels. So I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know if people have been like, yeah, that doesn't that shouldn't hurt. And 
it does. I think probably I, I am more sensitive. Like when I go to the dentist, it it's awful. I hate it. You know, it's like I'm always clenched like the whole oh, time. Sure. Yeah, I had a I was at the dentist recently and uh, the dent, actual dental work wasn't painful, but the weird little camera they stick in your face to x-ray you is just hard plastic that's just grinding into the roof of your mouth. And the woman's like, you're really making a face. I'm like, I'm gagging and this is digging into my gums. What? I don't know. But yeah, sensitivity. I I was at, uh, I mean, now I'm just talking about various medical appointments, but recently I was Please. at the dermatologist getting a mole removed. And prior to uh, the shot, she asked, are you a natural redhead? Which I just thought was a weird question <laughs> to begin with. I was like, no, I'm... <laughs> Shit black hair. And I've dyed my eyebrows and given myself all these freckles just for authenticity. I'm not a natural redhead. I'm just out of my mind. I am a deep, deep lunatic. <laughs> oh. Um, well, how was your first haircut back? Did it feel strange or was it just back into back in the saddle sort of situation? It was just back into it. Everything I've done since I've gotten my double vax has been i just feel like i'm back in it like right. immediately it's normal again there has not been for me at least a slow ramp up it's just like we're doing this again <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm now realizing slowly that uh i'm very much the same way but i keep saying to people this feels so weird and I, it doesn't i feel like i just that's the thing you're supposed to be saying right now right and yeah I'm like, no, I'm just going back to the store. I'm getting a dental appointment. It feels it's been one year. It hasn't been 50 years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe going inside other people's houses is slightly odd, but it's not that weird to me. Yeah, I don't think I've been inside anyone else's house yet, but I did. Here's one thing that I did think was weird and it was surprising to me is that I saw someone I knew on the street, another comic, and uh, and we were so excited to see each other <laughs> that we then stopped and then just chatted for so long and i know pre-pandemic it would have been more of like a, hey how you doing good to see you okay bye and this was a stop cross the street hug in the middle <laughs> of the street come back talk for 15 full minutes about our lives uh so like that was definitely was like oh that's a little different and that will fade i'm sure over yeah time. that that feeling of seeing another person is still kind of overwhelming to me i mean having people <laughs> over to the backyard or whatever is always a little like we just have so much to share i mean despite it being almost non-information it's just like seeing another person having that need to talk is always a little odd there's just not enough good dirt i feel like there's not you know in normal times there's gossip to be had there's people are out doing things and you can yes. talk for hours about that alone this no everyone's just been in their house or whatever we're watching various tv shows and movies it forces you to not say the word. So what's 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 going on, or or how are you, or what's <laughs> been going on? Like it forces you to have a more creative question to spark after a lull. Right, I think you right, know totally. It has to really come out of left field. <laughs> what's earliest childhood alive? memory? Go. <laughs> Just various security <laughs> password questions. <laughs> Who's your favorite friend growing up? Uh, I mean, what are you doing with your time right now? Right now? Let's see. Um, I have been, my wife has been out of town, a little Mother's Day present, oh. um, early Mother's Day present. So she went to like a fancy hotel for two days. And so I've just been in the shit with two kids <laughs> under the ages of four um and so yeah we've just been hanging out having fun it's you know fun fun and uh awfulness are just a constant teetering it's just a razor's edge with two little children how old are your kids one and four. Oh yeah so that's just kind of chaos in two very different ways oh yeah yeah, yeah. my son this morning <laughs> As my, as I finally convinced my daughter to like go to the bathroom, for some reason she just doesn't like to get out of her pajamas in the morning. It's just like arguing and arguing and arguing. Finally, she goes to do it, and then I hear boom, and I hear like the door slam to our room, and I'm I'm start to run from her room. They're right next door to each other. <laughs> I start to run from her room into our room, and by the time I get the door open, he is dove in fully into the toilet. He gets, <laughs> and but he hasn't even gotten time oh, to get no. the 
toilet seat up all the way. So it's like the toilet seat's on his Trapped back. Him. He's head first <gasps> into the toilet, splashing as hard as he can. Oh and I'm yelling and he loves it. I yell. I'm like, I'm j- I don't know how to signified not to do this because he does it so often and we tell him not to do it so often <laughs> that I was I yelled like no no and he just laughed he's just <laughs> laughing at me and it is like a, a true feeling of like there it, you do not control children in any way there is no control over children there is like uh, trying to work with them and they're crazy. So it's constantly like just trying to negotiate with a lunatic. My niece is four and it's, it is every moment with her. It's just that negotiating and not wanting to be an enemy, but just like she, she's that it's that between baby and being a, like a conscious adult thing where they can start making decisions. And it's, a nightmare <laughs> she's wonderful <laughs> yeah. but it's like oh you are just out to destroy anything you can right now it's <laughs> wild it is very very true they are very they're very nihilistic at this age something i've uh i've wanted to ask you about uh for a long time i feel like this is something you used to talk about on stage but it was and i don't know what level of truth it is or whatever but what age did you stop breastfeeding I stopped breastfeeding uh, when I was like three and a half. Okay. Yeah. So you were like so a late. It, you, yes. Very, very late. And I have a joke about it where it was, I thought it was five. And so I've written a joke <laughs> about it where it was five. And then I played it for my mom when she was still alive. And she was like, you weren't five. You were three and a half. And I'm like, still too old. Right. Still old enough That's to wear so a full suit. Uh, and breastfeed at the same time. Like, you, like I have memories of like <laughs> breastfeeding and watching te- watching Phil Donahue. You know, <laughs> that's the only way to watch Donahue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that is pretty. So, I mean, yeah, you have memories of that. I mean, a lot of people don't have yes. those. Oh yeah, no, I have memories of breastfeeding. I uh, didn't know it was weird till I started <laughs> telling people about it. <laughs> And then I also started smoking at age 10, which is part of the joke, which is the craziest thing, which is like seven years after I finished breastfeeding, I started smoking. (laughs) That is is one of my favorite facts about any person that's ever existed. (laughs) How long did you smoke for? I smoked, I mean, probably, I don't don't know. I mean, like, I still smoke every once in a while. Right. I maybe like twice a year, I'll have a couple cigarettes. And I can do that, which I'm happy about now. Um, But it used to having like one cigarette would then just like set me down to like, oh, I'm just smoking again. Um, But like on special occasions, like my birthday and Father's Day, I'll usually smoke a couple cigarettes. Um, But I stopped like smoking, smoking probably. I don't know, 42 or so. Yeah, so 32 years, 33 years. So when you're a 10-year-old, who is getting you the cigarettes? How does that even begin? I'm so happy we're going to get into the logistics of this because it's love a very to. exciting I'm very logistics. curious about this. So I grew up in Neptune, New Jersey. Uh, it's in the middle. It's okay. in central New Jersey. It's a like, town away from the towns that are like on the beach. And uh, there was a place called the Cracker Barrel in Shark River Hills. Now, not the Cracker Barrel, which is no. the nation cha- nationwide which chain. Which always confused me for my entire childhood. Uh, not the national chain. It was just called the Cracker Barrel, and it was essentially a bodega okay. on a corner. Uh, they all knew, they like the people who worked there, we would go there all the time. So they knew who I was. They knew who my friend Francis was. Francis was two years older than me. And uh, so he had a buddy who lived in Wall. Um, which is, by the way, in central Jersey, there's a town named Wall, and it's right next to a town named Brick. And no one <laughs> thinks it's funny. No one thinks it's funny. <laughs> um, so so we had him come over because they nobody knew that kid. And at this time in New Jersey, anybody could buy cigarettes. There was no age limit to buying cigarettes. No way. I guess you could like send the kids out to buy you cigarettes. Exactly. Yeah. This was 1986. There was no, I think the age limitation came in in like the nineties or something. And uh, so we sent him to get the cigarettes and then he, and then we waited at Francis's house, which was around the corner. (laughs) And then he called us from the payphone, and we had like code words. Uh, So we we picked up the phone and he said, the pita bread is in the hole. (laughs) And then our response was, and the fox is on its way. (laughs) 
And then we like ran around the corner to these woods that were like next door to the Cracker Barrel. And of course we got Newports. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Because they were, they are the, the, can- the cigarette that looks most like candy that a 10 or a 12 year old would want. All those beautiful green lines. <laughs> and, uh, and we smoked and we didn't inhale because we didn't understand. Um, and then we buried the cigarettes in the woods in a plastic bag. And then we came back the next weekend and Francis had been at the arcade in Belmar and he was like, guys, I learned how to smoke. We're supposed to inhale. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? That sounds awful. And he's like, no, you do it. I'll show you how. And I was like, okay. He's like, you take a little bit in your mouth and then you inhale a lot of air with it. And I was like, I don't know about this. And then we did that. And then that's when we like first time, like actually got a nicotine buzz This and is I incredible. fell over into the bushes <laughs> and I was just staring at the sky. And I remember seeing a helicopter fly by thinking like, that's my mom. She's going to find <laughs> out. <laughs> I was dead. You know, I still had thoughts like that, <laughs> but yeah, we would, I mean like, and we smoke, we would smoke like one cigarette a week, like on a Saturday, we'd run out to the woods, smoke one cigarette and then like wash our hands and get mouth wash and this stuff. This feels uh, like the Muppet Babies version of Goodfellas <laughs> or Casino or something. <laughs> I love everything about this. <laughs> what a beautiful story. I wish I had Thank started you. smoking at 10. I mean, honestly, I have, I mean, you know, fingers crossed it doesn't kill me, but I have so many just positive, wonderful associations <laughs> with cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really do. Oh, did you ever uh, steal cigarettes or was it like uh, pocket money? No, you can. It was always they were always, you know, behind the right. uh, counter so we could never steal them. But it got more difficult because um, when I was like maybe 16 or 15, they raised the age to 18. Right. So then you had to, like, find the place that would sell you cigarettes, mm. which was always like a, 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 a problem. And did you ever feel like your parents just parents suspected it or was it a good you know i go back and forth about it all the time and i wish my my mom died four or five years ago and it's like after a parent dies you have all these questions like i always tell people whose parents are alive like think of any question you ever could ask your parent and ask them now because all of them come up and i really honestly want to know i think it was catholic denial i think it had to be catholic denial that makes sense it's either that or the fact that, like, at the time, like, every restaurant in New Jersey you could smoke in. So, like, if you just went into a restaurant, you would leave smelling like smoke. Right. So smelling like smoke wasn't necessarily, like, a a tell that you had been smoking. So maybe that – that's the only answer I can think of. But the amount that I would, like, smoke a cigarette – in my room with the window open <laughs> and then come downstairs. I was like, there's no way in hell she doesn't know. Um, but yeah, she never, but there was never like a confrontation. Once I was painting the ceiling and she had found a pack of cigarettes in my pocket or something. She's like, what are these? And I was like, oh, you know, Damien and whatnot. That's my friend Damien. I just said Damien and whatnot. And she let it lie. That was so enough. <laughs> that was enough. I just said they were, I didn't even say they were Damien's cigarettes. I didn't even finish that. I just said, oh, you know, Damien and whatnot. I guess I was so chill about it. She was just like, well, they must be Damien. Right. If there was any panic, she would have known immediately. Yeah. Wow. That is really a beautiful story. You need to do something with that. I just adore everything about that. Oh, well, that's a good idea. I am always looking for things to, to write stand up about. Um, well, look, I don't want, I could talk to you all day about childhood smoking, (laughs) um, but I'm not going to, because I, there's something else I want to talk about. And, uh, yesterday I was, um, I was snooping around your porch and uh-huh. uh, I was in your neighborhood and just thought, well, maybe I'll take a look at what's happening over on Kurt's porch, <laughs> uh-huh. as I've been known to do. And uh, I was there and it looked like there were some, you know, boxes of dog food, um, various things like this. And then I noticed a little bag, a little gift bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I picked it up and took it home without a second thought. Um, and then I, on my way home, I looked over in the passenger seat and I thought, that looks like a gift. And then I realized, oh yeah, today Kurt is going to be on the podcast. It's called, I said, no gifts. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll let him know that I took this bag off his porch and just see, 
see what comes up. And, uh, you know, Kurt, the podcast, as I just said, is called I Said No Gifts. You're, you have this Bananas podcast on the same network. I feel like we're almost family at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like you know that the show and, uh, you know, that I'm prone to fits of anger. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, a little rule here. Uh, and so I'm just trying to hold, you know, my displeasure in right now. And I just want to confront you. Is this a gift for me? Look, look, I, I want to, I know you said no gifts. I mean, it's very obvious that you said no gifts, but sometimes I just do feel that when people say no gifts, it's a way of asking for a gift a little bit because (laughs) no one was talking about gifts before that. Right. (laughs) I mean, who can say for sure? Uh, I can't, I don't have a detailed diary of everything I'm saying at all times. (laughs) Um, maybe that's my own fault, but, uh, I could have been talking about gifts prior to saying I said no gifts. And this feels like to me, you're a good just deflecting, trying to place the blame elsewhere. Look, I do a lot of podcasts, Bridger, and never in a podcast invitation does it say do not bring a gift. It doesn't, they never say that. Right. And so when this one says do not bring a gift, I'm like, now the gift thing has been brought up. (laughs) Now I have to bring a gift. Well, to me, that just sounds like a problem with the podcast community in general. Um, and again, just placing the blame on my own podcast. So uh, I don't know. It feels like we're not going to come to an agreement on this. I don't know. I think you're going to have to just take the gift. Okay. Should I open it here on the show? Yes. Yes, please. I would love it if you did that. <laughs> I, I do want to do that on an episode where it's just like, okay, I'm not opening it. Let's talk. Can we please talk about something else? um no i'm gonna i'm gonna open it it's in a little gucci bag i mean on one side it seems to have some sort of uh writing child i mean maybe you're writing uh i don't want (laughs) to it's not (laughs) i made a very nice bag for you and then my daughter drew all over it uh do you have any idea what she wrote I don't. I was like trying to d- figure out, and I didn't even know she wrote on it. And then I was like putting it outside. I was like, oh, "Fuck!" <laughs> when did she do this? She's got nice handwriting. <laughs> Thank you. I can't tell what it says though. Yeah, it's like it's faint. some sort of threatening message, I assume. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna get into the gift here. There's no time to waste. Here's some tissue, some kind of almost Beetlejuice yeah. type tissue, I would say. White and black striped thin. Right. I thought that was classy as well <laughs> for right. a classy pod. Yeah, and now I'm going to reach in here and pull out. Okay, there's a card. Should I open a card first? No, no, you go to gift first, then go card. Go gift first, okay. You always have to find out. Okay, so there's some sort of box. Okay, oh, there's a Nordstrom box here. A a Nordstrom box Nordstrom inside box. a Gucci bag. Very interesting. So, where is this headed? <laughs> well, this gets fancier and fancier, to be honest. There's yeah, now what's inside? A little silver box. I feel like you're going to ask me to marry you. The silver box and w- surrounded by purple. Right, a gorgeous. Paper. Let's hear Let's it. Let's that crinkle. Yeah, I nice. find crinkling very satisfying, but I have mm-hmm. to go back and edit these. I love to hear the crinkle. Okay, we're getting into this gorgeous, almost like a silver alligator purse of a box. Yes. I don't know if that's a good description, and now the listener's extremely <laughs> confused. It's like a little uh, jewelry box, I would say, that's silver. Yeah, it's got a little texture. Yeah, a little texture. Now, there's... <laughs> There's so many layers of unwrapping that are being done here. There's now a little bag that says... Almost like a jewelry bag. Something valuable must be in there. (laughs) This is going to be full of uh, powder or something. It's going to blast me in the face. Black pepper. Let's see here. I'm opening this little bag. It's like kind of a silver... I don't know what sort of fabric that is. Bag. It's almost moleskin. I don't think there's anything in here. There is something in there. There is something in here? Would you like to know what it is? Yes, of course. I have given you a zone of immaterial pictorial sensibility. <laughs> All right. Now you open your now you go to the now you go to the card. Oh, I go to the card. I for, I completely forgot about the card. Yeah, okay. you gotta go to the card now. Okay. You have one zone 
of immaterial pictorial sensibility. <laughs> I'm opening and this the is card. a real thing. Oh, and it says BW on the card. Just to... mm-hmm. all right. Oh my god. This is written. <laughs> this is written on paper that I bought my wife. I had made for my wife for Christmas, and she looked at me. <laughs> Like, I was the biggest piece of shit in the entire world when I gave it to her. She hates it so much. Really? I found it in the back of a, of a fleck of, of an old cabinet, and now I'm just using it up. That's, I think it's very nice stationery. <laughs> was she just like, what am I going to do with this? It says, it says from the desk of Lauren Cook on it. Right. And I think that maybe is nothing she would ever send to a human being who knows her. It's very formal. It's too formal. It throws I up should a have wall thought. immediately. I'm like, she's mad at me. Exactly. I should have thought. And that was kind of like a default when I was making the paper. They're like, you can say from the desk of. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. <laughs> like, it's from the desk. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that's the part that I think ruined it for. Her. OK, so this says uh, you are now the proud owner of one zone of immaterial pictorial sensibility. You're welcome. And from Kurt. So, yes. OK, and then and there's then three there... photographs in there. Yeah. Let me look at these photographs. Are you familiar with the artist Eve Klein? I'm not. Okay. So he was an artist in Paris in the 50s and 60s. And he he's totally fascinating. And I thought this was a nice tie-in to bananas because he's one of like my most... I think he's like historically a very bananas artist. Sure. Uh, and so what he did, he did all this great crazy stuff. Brief history, he created his own color blue called International Klein Blue. Why does everybody do sell that? It. Isn't it amazing? He's inspired a lot of people. People have different colors now, but he was like the first one. He's like, this is my blue. And he would just sell paintings that were just all blue, but they were this specific type of very vibrant blue. Right. So that's how he like started off by with his own color. And then he made this photograph called The Artist Leaps Into the Void of him jumping off of a of uh, like a second story and there's nothing below him. And it was the first time that like someone presented a photograph that had been manipulated, but like said it was real. Oh, right. Sure. And then he got into a fight. So this whole, the way the zone of immaterial pictorial sensibility came up is he got into a fight with his gallerist and he took all of his paintings out of her gallery. And he said, you tell everybody that my paintings are invisible if you want to sell my paintings. <laughs> And uh, so she was like telling some guy, some rich man, and he was like, I'll buy an invisible painting from him. So then what? she contacted him. She's like, he wants to buy an invisible painting from you. So then he sold the man a zone of immaterial pictorial sensibility and he sold and then he started selling dozens of them. But the way that it would work, the way it would work is you had to pay for the zone of immaterial pictorial sensibility in pieces of gold and it had to be done on the side of the Seine of the river. Right. And he would then, and he would give you a receipt for purchasing the zone of immaterial pictorial sensibility. But then he, you had to burn the receipt in front of him and then he would throw half the gold into the river. <laughs> oh my God. No way. This is an amazing yes. person. Is an amazing person. So then he would keep half the gold. <laughs> but then this other the person who bought it had nothing. They had nothing to show other than like these photographs. And so if you look at the photographs, there's a photograph of him throwing oh, the gold yeah, into course, the right river. Here. And then there's another one of the guy burning the receipt. <laughs> and then another, I think what's the other one? What's the third photo? I think it's uh they have like a little box. Is this That's the, the gold? Yeah, yeah, that's the gold. It was like 20 pieces of gold was oh, the first one. Oh, so it's one. like this one, then the gold is t literally tossed in the river. What <laughs> yeah. an incredible feeling that would be. Half of it, yeah. And then burning the receipt. And then burning the receipt. Just getting bullied so, by an artist. Yes, exactly. It's so <laughs> wonderful. And so he sold like 25 or 30 of these. And um, so I met a guy on Craigslist who... See, he had one. He had purchased one what? and had been handed down and handed down from family to family. Uh, and he had purchased one. And so I met him at the side of the Los Angeles River and <laughs> I paid him 10 pieces of gold, which is only $250. He threw half of it in the water and he, and then he gave me a receipt. He, I burned the receipt. And what? now you are the owner of that zone of an immaterial pictorial sensibility. This is, this is absurd. I can't believe this. I feel yeah. like I've been welcomed into a magic society. 
You're welcome. Who? What was this guy? Uh, like the guy when you met him, what was the situation? This feels so dangerous to me. He, you know, he kind of just seemed like a, like an art nerd, you know? <laughs> Uh, he just, he was like very kind of like stylish. He had little round glasses. Uh, he was wearing no jacket, but a scarf. Do you know that kind? Right. Of course. Of course. Not never a good look. I'll say never a good look. Really? Just put the jacket on anyone. Scarves are great with the jacket. Right. T-shirt and scarf doesn't work. It just looks like you ran out of options or something. Yeah. And he brought a little cigar box and (laughs) the zone was inside there (laughs) And uh, he gave it to me and we did our transaction. And Wait, there you go. He threw some gold in the L.A. River? Yes. It's a, and let's be honest. The L.A. River is essentially like someone left the sink running. So it's <laughs> he threw it in like a like kind of damp uh, curb, basically. <laughs> this is incredible. There, there is some gold flake available. Uh <laughs> Uh, near the Fletcher Street uh, bridge <laughs> of the Los Angeles River, if anyone wants to get into a toilet for twenty to thirty dollars worth of <laughs> gold fleck, that is incredible. And how long did the whole transaction last? It was about ten minutes. Okay. Wait, how did you find him on Craigslist? I was just looking for zones of immaterial pictorial sensibility, you know, and that when you search the Internet, you know, all all roads lead to Craigslist. That's what they say. (laughs) I feel like you're someone who has probably purchased a decent amount of interesting things off of Craigslist. Is that true? I let me think. No, but I remember once I haven't purchased anything off Craigslist, but I like to give things away for free on Craigslist. Oh, sure. Because that's fun where you're just like when you have this thing and you just want to get rid of it so badly. Right. And you put it on and it's with it's just so wonderful, especially if you're in a big city. In a big city, the thing is gone within moments. Um, We did it. We were trying to clean out an apartment. We tried to sell everything in the apartment. Oh, hell. And we only had like eight hours to do it because we were living in L.A. So we had flown to New York. And we only had access to the apartment for this amount of time. So we'd oh, been subletting it. The guy. It was all, yeah, it was terrible. And no one bought anything. <laughs> and so then in the last hour, we just put it all for free. And it was gone in 15. The whole apartment was taken apart and dismantled and, and taken out in 15 minutes by strangers. Oh, yeah. There were just vultures circling the free section of Craigslist at all times. Yes, just waiting to swoop down and take whatever is there. <laughs> there are so many odd things you find on Craig, or the free section of Craigslist. I've never taken any of them. But it's just a fun dive to get in there and just say, what's happening here? I feel like if I was a college student, I would get definitely because I remember I we had so many couches that were all street couches right. in college. You know, we just stacked them on. We had multiple couches like stacked up this way so that you could then fold it down and have another couch if you wanted another. What? Couch. You just had couches as like bulk stacked couches? on their side. That yeah. So, so we had like big, big couches and then smaller couches stacked on their side. So if we had a lot of people over that that other couch would come down and then you had kind of like a square of couches. You know what? Also speaking of rivers, something I'm deeply jealous of you is you, did you uh, travel across the entire country by jet ski? Uh, We went from Chicago to New Orleans. How long did that take? We did it in seven days. That is wild. It was for a a web series when they were called web series. No one. I haven't heard that in years (laughs) for Comedy Central called Roused About. And uh, yeah, I I traveled from Chicago to New Orleans on a jet ski while raising money for to send a thousand chickens and 500 goats (laughs) to African families in need. So we raised all this money. And yeah, and I and I wrote, and then we also made like a seven or eight episode web series, right? It, and which I was very difficult. This was what maybe eight years ago. It was a while ago. Yeah, I think ago. so. I don't remember exactly how it worked. You would just get on the jet ski and ride down a river for all day. I assume. Yeah. Well, we would wake up early in the morning, wake up at like six, and start shooting because we also had to like produce an episode a day. Right. Oh so we wake up at six and shoot from like six to noon. So we always had like some thing that we were doing wherever we were. Um, like in Kaskaskia, the smallest town in uh, Illinois, I visited everyone who lived in town and I gave them a cake. <laughs> um, there was only eight people. 
And then I had a billboard put up in in the town that just said, Kaskaskia, we're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so that was so we would shoot that until about noon. And then at noon, I would get on the jet ski and then ride for about eight hours. How does it feel riding a jet ski for eight hours? Is your body just destroyed? It was I had to, I trained for it. Um, so like I had I had specific like jet ski training, like a workout routine that I was like pretty much <laughs> like I don't I don't I didn't then uh, work out at all. Right. Um, and this was the first time I did. And I like really got into it because I was just like, I got to I, I can't jet ski for eight hours if I'm not going to be ready for it. And I was, I think I was ready for it. It's not that bad. You're sitting down most of the time. The, the worst part is rashes and stuff like that. Right. A lot of rashes. Just the chafing alone. The chafing. Tons of chafing. And yeah, it is intense. Did you meet like a jet ski coach? How does that workout work? Oh, well, the workout was literally just like a workout for my muscles. Oh. But then I also did meet like a water safety guy and we had to have like a water safety class about <laughs> jet skis. Had you been on a jet ski prior to this? I had. I had been on a jet ski, but I hadn't been on a jet ski in 20 years, you know? <laughs> My dad was into jet skis. My uh, dad, divorced dad, super into jet skis. Classic. Yeah, Fucking, he's just juicy fruiting it all over town. <laughs> Take a sniff, you know? And so I grew up with him riding jet skis. Um, but that was it. Yeah, that, but I hadn't been on one in such a long time. Have you been on one since? I have not. I feel like that's like that's the smoking a whole pack of cigarettes uh, of jet skis, basically. But you know what? I never thought, even as a child, I always thought jet skis are dumb. And I <laughs> and after doing my trip, I maybe maybe I could I could own a jet ski. I think jet skis. I mean, they, of course, that's maybe the dumbest idea humanity dumbest has ever come idea. up with. But it's very fun. <laughs> It's so fun. It's so pleasant. There was a day, the best day was from St. Louis down to Kaskaskia or near the, the Kaskaskia River. And that's probably like, I don't know, 80 miles or something. And, uh, and that's on the Mississippi. And unfortunately, we didn't, we couldn't go super far on the Mississippi because right. at a certain point, there's nowhere to get gas. Sure. So we had to get off and get on different rivers. But for those two days, we were just fully on the Mississippi. And that's, it was, it was exactly what I had wanted, which was like, it was true, like Tom Sawyer, kind of like, it's a mile oh. wide river, the sun is setting and it, there was no wind. So it was just like plate glass. Oh, this is beautiful. And, 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 and when you're on the jet ski for long enough, the constant wind pressure, <laughs> feeling the vibration <laughs> and the noise that you can't talk to anybody, but you have this constant like, <laughs> you enter into like this beautiful meditative state. I feel like I like reached nirvana on a jet ski <laughs> in the Mississippi River. Just an absolute danger to everyone around you. <laughs> <laughs> Just six hours blissed out on the Mississippi River. Time went Just by like that. Jet ski fever. I'm so jealous of this. I truly am. I mean, there are very few things I'm jealous of experience wise of other people and the fact that you got to <laughs> just ride a jet ski down the mississippi for hours is wild it was so it was it was beautiful it was one of the best things i've ever done in my life oh i love it Thrilled. i feel like you always have something you're up to something has the last year slowed that down in some way yeah i think having kids just slowed it down right, right? that you know um and now it's mainly all of the things that we get into are in with bananas, you know. Um, Scotty came up with a new idea for because <laughs> we've always been talking about micronations, uh, but I haven't thought about them in years. And Scotty was like, "We have to make a micronation." <laughs> so God. our new thing is that we're going to try. We're trying to find. We're trying to find out how exactly we can make East Banana Land. Right. Oh my God, that would be. Can you set up a micronation anywhere, or is it like you have to buy a little piece of land and? Wyoming or something. I think you have to own the land and I think you I think you have to have currency, a constitution and passports. I think those are the requirements, wow. but I'm not positive. So we're like waiting if anybody who's listening to this is like a lawyer, real estate lawyer or country lawyer, right. I don't know what they're we called. We have a lot of people from the <laughs> UN listening this kind of thing. <laughs> it's most of our listener base is just uh, ambassadors and <laughs> 
Um, that's very exciting. Well, hopefully that'll work. I mean, dumber people than you have created micronations, certainly. It's usually the dumbest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> wow. But that's, uh, I mean, I feel like that's a realistic goal within the next year to set up a micronation. And then immediately yeah. go to war with the United States. <laughs> I, I immediately <laughs> close the borders. <laughs> uh, do you have any other goals like that? Let's see. What else? Um, I'm going to go camping for the first time with my daughter. I'm very excited oh, about that's that. Very She's sweet. four. Um, I love camping and my wife does not. Okay, right. I, I'm familiar with this type of situation. Yes, and so we're trying to see if my if I can interest my daughter, but without putting any pressure. It's so weird that thing of her. like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, like so. It's like when you care so much about a thing, but you can't show that you care because that would put pressure on a child, and then that it would ruin for the child. So it's like I'm going to be in that situation. It's got to like, be an inception type type yeah. situation basically <laughs> you have to make it make her think it was her idea all along. yes exactly and it's like i'm definitely not good at that kind of thinking <laughs> just thinking. start talking about how much you hate camping in front of her <laughs> i don't want to go but maybe we shouldn't go and if she's like okay let's not go i'd be like no no we have to <laughs> what are you talking about oh <laughs> uh, kurt it's time to play a game Love games. I want to play the game. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, constant, constantly trying to balance the scales of the games on this podcast. I'll play two rounds of uh, one game, and then suddenly listeners are saying they never play the other game. So it's just, <laughs> I'm trying. Maybe I should stop trying to please people. Maybe that's the real issue here. But we're gonna play Giftmaster, and then of course next week people are gonna be screaming, "Play Gift or a Curse." I don't care. You know, my podcast, my my rules. We're going to play a game called Gift Master. I need a number between 1 and 10 from you. 7. Okay. I have to calculate. In the meantime, you know, promote something, recommend something, do whatever you want with your time. Just don't sing a copyrighted song. We ran, we <laughs> ran into some issues with that recently. Let's avoid that. I'll be right back. Got it. Listen to Bananas. It's on the Exactly Right Network. Uh, we cover strange news. Uh, each week we cover four to five or six maybe strange news events from around the world. And we use those as jumping off points for our own personal strange stories. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very light. You're not going to uh, you're not going to do too much thinking, but you might do some chuckling. Uh, it's Scotty and I, and we have a guest every week. Uh, it's usually a female or a non-binary guest because nobody needs three dudes talking. And yeah, so come on, come on over to Bananas. If you start listening now, you could get citizenship to East Banana Land, uh, which will be incepted soon. Kurt, stop trying yes. to drag people into your country. <laughs> it's going to be a failure, and I don't want my listeners getting duped. <laughs> But do listen to Bananas. Very fun podcast. And, uh, okay, let's play the game. This is yeah. what's going to happen. I'm going to name three potential gifts, things you can give away. And I'm going to name three celebrities who you're going to be giving them to. You're going to tell me who you're giving what and why. Does that make okay, sense? Okay, great. Yes. And then you'll judge it? Uh, you know, this, is, this game is... Very low on judgment. This, oh, the this other, is. Gift or a Curse is the game where we really, I go hard on the guest. And I trained for that one. <laughs> I was like training. I was like, I think I understand Bridger now. I think I can do this. Well, I like to waste people's time, so I'm glad I was able to waste a little bit of your personal time. <laughs> this game is more, you know, maybe occasionally I'll say that doesn't work, but this is more just, we work together to give away gifts. The oh, three great. gifts you're going to be giving are... A collection of teas from around the world. So that's kind of a nice gift. That feels like it would be fancy. Um, next gift is a walk-on role on Chicago Fire. NBC's Chicago Fire. This would be a role, small role on the show uh, with the firefighters or whatever they're doing in Chicago. We're talking under five here? I'm thinking this is an under five, unfortunately. This is uh, not an extra, but this person's maybe saying like, that little girl's in a tree or uh mm -hmm. help i my husband's still in the house that kind of thing great uh whatever a firefighter fighter's dealing with and then finally um 
The final gift is a box of bugles and a duffel bag. So that's a box of the snack bugles and a, you know, standard duffel bag. Nothing fancy. Can uh, I ask what color the duffel bag is? That's up to you. I'm not. Uh, okay, great. Uh, yeah, I'm leaving that up to the gift giver. And you'll be giving them to Buzz Aldrin, you know, yep. Mr. Space himself. Then you're going to be giving it to Laura Croft Tomb Raider. So that, you know, that uh, <laughs> is not a, a real person, but that's fine. Uh, and finally, Frank Ocean. Everybody loves Frank Ocean. We're always Everybody wondering what Frank, Frank is going to do next. A true artist. Truly one of our best. Okay. I thought you were going to say Laura Craft, uh, who is a comedy writer that we might know at Covid. Uh I have, do have a question to specify here. Is it Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, who is also Angelina Jolie, or is it Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, who is the the new actress, actor that plays her, or is it the video game uh, persona? Now, this is what I'm going to say. This is go I'm going to say it's the Laura Croft just kind of in the cloud of our minds. <laughs> it's all three of them at once. It's one of them individually. Okay. Laura okay. Croft is kind of a shape-shifting ghost, almost, if if I can say that. It's the platonic ideal. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the platonic ideal of Laura Croft. What is that? That's what we all need to just picture what Laura Croft is to you in your mind and go for it. Hmm. All right. Honestly, I think I have to give the show... <laughs> The walk-on role on Chicago Fire to the platonic idea of Laura Croft Tomb Raider because it would be so difficult to pull off. I think it's going to make us make some decisions. Do you know what I mean? And if it is Angelina Jolie, it's going to be really difficult to get her to accept the gift. Okay? She's not going to be like, fuck this. And if it's the video game thing, that's going to look real weird. So it's going to fuck up Chicago Fire a little bit. That is a gorgeous idea. <laughs> Suddenly in the middle of a horrible Chicago fire, we're looking at some version of Laura Croft, rope around her belt. What uh, It makes as little sense as possible. I love what's happening there. <sighs> hmm. You know, and I think I think that that makes the other two easy. Once we have that out of the way, right. I feel like we've got only one path to go on. Um, Buzz Aldrin's an old man. <laughs> you know, he has been to space. He would like to relax it's now. It's time somebody said it. It's time that he sits down and has assorted teas from around the world. Because <laughs> that's what an old man wants to do. After you've done it all, you want to have a, a cup of tea. I don't know how you drink tea. And <laughs> a look, glass of tea. A glass of Piping tea. hot glass of tea. <laughs> and just look at a tree for a couple hours, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like Buzz, uh, he's, I mean, once you've gone to space, I feel like everything's just a letdown after that, and you just want to quietly sip tea. Yeah, he probably isn't even allowed to eat bugles at this point. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Too sharp for that man's mouth. And uh, any duffel you would give to to Buzz Aldrin, he has a cooler one that says NASA. Astronaut. It, you know? Right. And it's from the 60s. <laughs> oh, I bet that would be a beautiful duffel bag, actually. Uh, that's probably the best duffel bag you could get. Because that was when people thought duffel bags was an appropriate way to carry things, you know? <laughs> people all had duffel bags. It's like, it's the worst. It's the if you're worst carrying a duffel bag now, you're up to, you are going to be on the news. You have weapons. There's yes, weapons? Absolutely. Or dildos or something like there's nothing, no, nothing is carried in a duffel bag that's good or it's money, you know? Right. You're carrying gold to the LA river. <laughs> in a duffel bag. Um, and so, and then I would give Frank Ocean the bugles and the duffel bag. <laughs> he can put the bugles in the duffel bag and then that's what he, that's the bad thing he can be carrying around is the bugles <laughs> in his duffel bag. And then he can snap and people are like, what's that? What do you got? You got guns in there? And he's like, bugles and pop one in crunch i feel it up. like frank ocean secretly likes a bugle he's he's pretty fancy yeah. but i feel like i i can see him secretly snacking on putting him on all of his fingers and singing ago. Uh, i mean who would have thought in the history of snack foods that that would be something people would want 
to be able to wear the food on your fingertips before eating it. And that's exactly what you want to do when you see that bugle. Of course. I have this, uh, occasionally I'll have this thought of a me awake late at night in my bed and suddenly there's a hand on the window bugles on every finger just kind of slowly <laughs> gliding down the window that, i think that would be the scariest thing you could see outside because <laughs> it's not it's it raises so many questions <laughs> right. that you know you're dealing with someone who is capable of anything the most if unhinged the most unhinged if it's knives on all the fingertips you're like we've seen it. yeah we it's get done it. come on <laughs> Yeah, you make you could you could cut them down and be like, "What are you, the Freddy, Freddy, the Freddy Bugler, or whatever?" <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. Okay, you did an excellent job. No judgment whatsoever. Will you help me answer some questions? <laughs> yes, please. This is called "I Said No Questions." People write into "I Said No Gifts" at gmail dot com. They're desperate for answers. They're not always getting answers. You know, there you know, there are questions coming in and I'm just going to apologize to people who I don't answer. I'm only one man. My guests are only one person. There's only so much weight we can carry. So, let's answer some questions, Kurt. Let's try to do our best. This first one, let's see here. This feels I'm looking for one that's like a medium length. The first one I saw was truly six paragraphs. This one says, hi, Bridger. I'm about to graduate from my master's program in June, and I've spent two thirds of it doing school virtually from home. I want to get a gift from my amazing thesis advisor, but I'm not sure what to get her. The thing is, I've only met her uh, on Zoom, so she's only seen the torso and head of this person. She's never (laughs) met them in person. So I can't look at things in her office to get clues about what she might like. Additionally, this gift will need to be either mailed to her home or I'll need to awkwardly drop it on her doorstep and run away. I'm a grad student, so I don't have a huge budget, but would spend up to about $50 or so. Please advise what I would gift to my virtual torso and head of a mentor. Thanks. That's from Molly. So Molly, uh, the first thing I'm noticing about Molly is that she needs she's nosy. Her gift giving style depends on just getting in other people's things. (laughs) So that uh, is a failing. I'll I'll just say that's a failing on Molly's part. Also, I don't know about you, Brad. I don't know if you've ever worked in an office, but when I worked in an office, I had no thing in my office that would identify my personality. Right. The person would say, I need to get him a lamp. Yeah. yeah, He loves lamps. lamps. I noticed you had staples, so I've gotten you a stapler. You know, like that's the best they could come up with. So. You don't want this stack of printer paper? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a. I feel like you're not going to get any clues from that office. Mm-mm. Also, Molly, you're on Zoom. We're all looking at, a, at people's backgrounds, unless this person has a virtual background. Like, take a look around in the computer. You're going <laughs> to notice something that's going to be in a $50 budget. That said, Molly, I'm sorry, we're just chastising you here rather than getting into obviously not a pair of pants. You haven't seen what's happening beneath the yeah. torso. This We don't know if this person's a khaki wearer, uh, jeans, uh, floor length skirt. That would feel also, like a big swing. Bold move to purchase clothes for anyone that you are not the father or mother of. <laughs> it's such, do you know to what I me, mean? The funniest thing you can possibly do is buy <laughs> an, an adult in your life who does not live in your home a pair of jeans. It's just like <laughs> that. Just you're hitting the brakes on that relationship immediately. <laughs> I learned that the hard way with my wife because I bought her a dress once mm. and she was and and it was like it did not go down well that's a giant swing that's a giant swing you don't buy and also like not yeah and it was like early on in the relationship oh. I didn't really know her style I was almost it was almost came off as like this is what I want you to look like kind of thing <laughs> right I mean that's what it is with clothes it's like this is what <laughs> I want you to be I mean that's I want you to wear this in front of me yeah, so no no clothes. I never buy clothes for anyone. Right. So this professor or mentor or whatever it is, uh, did we get any details? I feel like we didn't get... Uh, we're really just getting a look into Molly's inner life and this yeah, thesis I mean, like, advisor. It's a thesis advisor, so obviously their books must have come up. If that's, right. So I've been just talking about books. If there is a, like... Like signed slash and or limited edition or an old edition, a nice version of a book that 
they both enjoy. Right. Or that you enjoy and think that this, hopefully you've picked up on some level of what this person enjoys and their general taste. Do they do if the drinking is always a way to bring people together? Yeah, a bottle of whiskey. A $50 bottle of whiskey? That's nice. There you go. A terrarium. Oh, I like that. Get a nice terrarium. Yeah, I got one for you. And I don't know where she's going to get this because it was very specifically made in like 2003 at a specific place in Brooklyn on Fifth Avenue. But it was like an old school terrarium. Like imagine like a circle like this and like moss and like a little plant and everything. But then it had a little diorama that was in there with little people. So then the the world was like there, like one was like flying a kite with a mom and a dad and a dog jumping midair. Oh, this is all beautiful. miniature inside the terrarium. And it was fucking amazing. That feels like something you could get on Etsy. I feel like across the board, everybody likes that. <laughs> That's a bold statement. And I feel like we're not seeing enough terrariums. I agree. I agree. That's a cool thing. I don't own any. So maybe I'm part of the problem. I don't have I would like one. Yeah, if anyone's out there, Kurt and I would both love a terrarium. Uh, take your pick. Uh, I think they all always look nice. It's just a nice little glass thing full of plants. Yeah, that's a great idea. God damn it, Bridger, you're very good. Go for the And a, a terrarium left mysteriously on a doorstep. That yeah. uh, raises some questions for this person, and their life is a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. But don't leave it in the, with the, where a door opens out. <laughs> just shatters immediately. <laughs> That's more questions. Molly, you have your answer. Good luck. Uh, and congratulations on graduating. Kurt, will you help me answer one more question? Yes, of course. Let's see here. Um, I love how contorted your face becomes. It's as if <laughs> using the computer is a is some sort you have to solve complicated <laughs> riddles every time you just look at I'm assuming you've placed these things together somewhere in preparation for the podcast. You have really uh, <laughs> overestimated any of my planning abilities. You are hunting and pecking across multiple social media platforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, the truth is, is, I'm in a chat room right now, and I'm just, I'm in all caps saying, does anyone have gift questions? Please, I'm recording a podcast. I need questions. No, this part of the podcast, I probably could do a better job of just being prepared, and I don't know why I'm not. I just hop into this Google Docs that's like 80 pages long and start looking for questions. Not a great method. This one says, Bridger and lovely guest. My best friend of almost 15 years is getting married this October, and I'm at a loss for what to get them as a wedding gift. I've never had to buy a wedding gift before, but I feel like just getting something off the registry wouldn't quite cut it since I've known her for so long. What's a gift that they would love that is a little more special than whatever's on the registry? They've lived together for a few years now, have multiple pets like country music, football, the beach, and partying. Thanks in advance for the wisdom, and that's from Jamie K. So Jamie has given us some details here. The wedding one is a complicated one because, you know, you have that whole registry of things that they obviously need and want. But when you've known someone that long, you do want it to be a little more personal. I'm not married. I've never had a wedding. Kurt, what did you like getting for your wedding? I, I don't know. I don't know if I liked any of it. Do you know what I mean? Like all of it seemed to me to be things that were like necessary for living further into adulthood, Mm -hmm. you know, plates and glasses and serving spoons, measuring cups, those sort of things. They're all just like stuff that are, it is required and we use all the time, but I don't like, it's nothing. I'm like, (laughs) woohoo, I got a double serving dish. It's got two little sections in it, you know? Um, So I can't, I can't say that. I I do know that when my daughter was born, Scotty bought us a, a kid carrier. Like it was a, it's a backpack that a kid can go in the back of. That's a great idea. That's so useful. It's so great. Um, and that, that was always like, that's probably the best, like, you know, present. Um, but if they're not, they're just getting, it's, it's crazy to jump right to that for the wedding. Um, <laughs> Get them a, a carriage and uh, what do you put a baby in? 
A baby carriage, yeah. <laughs> stroller. I'm looking for the word stroller. A preambulator. <laughs> um, they like country music. They like partying. Uh-huh. I mean, these are wild people. We're talking about They like about the some... outdoors? They like the outdoors? They like going to the beach. They like going to the beach. And they have mel- multiple pets. I'm all, almost wondering... Is there something that allows you to take your pets to the beach or is there like you find a fancy dog daycare that you can get a gift card to, which will Mm -hmm. allow them to go to the beach without having to worry about the pets all day? Um, I have a I have a pitch on a package that they could put together. Let's hear this. Okay, they have these beach blankets. So beach blanket is just one part of it. Okay, it's a beach blanket that you put down. It's weighted. You put sand in the little pockets, and then if you drop sand on it, the sand, the way the blanket's made, the sand goes through it. So you never have sand on your beach blanket. So you get it's a nice kind of expensive. You get one of those. And then you get a, a shade that's an inflatable shade that is inflated by the wind from right. off the ocean. And so it's like it gets put up in three seconds and then you just crunch it back down. And then you get an inflatable stand-up paddleboard that can be like broken down and like actually like put into a backpack. That is a fantastic idea. Yeah. So then you go to the beach, you got all your shit, and the inflatable paddleboard's going to probably run you a lot, but right. the other stuff's going to be affordable. Get them a nice cooler. There Just you go. Yeah. Get them a the Yeti. Beach. Get them an expensive Yeti cooler that who knew? Get them maybe a, let's just set up a party at the beach. Let's, uh, yeah. Gidget goes to the beach. Yeah. No, I don't think Gidget ever went to the beach. I think she went to Hawaii. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one has any idea what I'm talking about. Um, no, I think a beach situation is a very good idea. We don't have a budget. I mean, buy him a, yeah. a ski boat. A ski <laughs> Look, when you don't give me a budget, I'm all We're over the We're going for the moon. How about a place on the shore? <laughs> We're going to Buzz Aldrin this. <laughs> um, no, I think we've got, uh, Jamie, you've got an excellent beach package there. Country music, get them some tickets to a concert. Everyone's desperate to go to a concert, and they will be a- be able to if they're vaccinated in the fall. Uh we're, move- we're done. We're done answering questions. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we did an excellent job and no one can say anything negative about that. And that's <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> Kurt, this gift you gave me is one of the most special gifts I've received on this podcast. It was oh, a, thank you, you actually went on a journey. I mean, it's incredible. I've learned. I, I, it just feels like I've, I now have a special aura in my home. So... I I primarily was excited for it because, you know, uh, for people who don't know, when you do this podcast, Bridger sends you an email and it lists everything that's been given to him and by what guest. (laughs) So you get a sense of like, what are people bringing? And I just wanted on there for it to say zone of immaterial pictorial sensibility. (laughs) So people are like, what the fuck is that? What the (laughs) fuck did Brown Oler bring him? (laughs) Well, the uh, it's... uh... Too bad, Kurt, because I'm going to put Kurt brought me a really expensive <laughs> oven mitt. <laughs> no! So your little trick has failed. No one will. Uh, this podcast will not be released to the public. I'm going to edit out all of the gift portion of it, and uh, it'll remain a mystery. So too bad. Uh, no, it's absolutely wonderful. I'm through. I mean, it's you know, this is some real deep, thoughtful gift giving, and people Thank need you. to look at this and emulate Kurt. That's the you want to give something special, something that shocks and amazes, and. Then you put it in a like a wrapped bag and have them unwrap it in front of you. I mean, it's <laughs> the whole thing has been dazzling. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This is the end of the podcast. And so now we'll wind it up. Do you wind it up? You wind it down. We're going to wind down the podcast. I, I've brought a very chaotic energy today, and I want to apologize to everyone involved. This is what happens when you don't manage your time correctly. <laughs> I didn't I did not feel that it was chaotic in any way, Bridger. I think you're being hard on yourself. Well, that's all we can do is just be as hard as possible <laughs> on ourselves at all times. I know that that is kind of a, you know, just good mentally. So everybody be as difficult on yourself as possible today. Don't forgive yourself for anything and uh I'm going to let you go now so you can manage your time better than me. All my love. Take care. End of podcast. 
I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads when I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home 